the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Paris Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. What's going on? Sorry to keep you guys waiting. Dan Tom here from MMA Junkie. Uh, as well as Action Network Prop Squad, but of course on this year program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's before the fight. Uh, doing this live, of course, on my YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA. As people pile in, thank you. Feel, uh, feel free to like, shoot your, uh, shoot your shots, shoot your questions, if you will, um, in the chat uh, as I do my obligatory uh, share. Uh, hearing things come in right now as we speak, always, always a good sign. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm going to be breaking down UFC Paris, UFC Fight Night 209, UFC Fight Night. Um, gone? Gone where? Versus Tui Vasa. So uh, that's what we'll be doing. Get this share out, and we'll uh, get this show on the road. Of course, check the timestamps to see when everything like starts. Um I always break these things down from top to bottom, and then I will recap my picks and plays at the very end, if you're in a rush, even though I could use them watch hours on YouTube. We're not not quite to the monetization yet. We are at the subscribers, and those keep growing steadily but surely, so thank you guys very much for sharing this channel. Uh, be sure to tag me, at DanTomMMA, on Twitter if you do want to share some things, or the podcast if you could follow, like, on social feeds. It's not very active, so I definitely won't pollute your feed, but it's at the PYN podcast on all social platforms. Like, follow, subscribe, share, tag, and uh, I try to retweet from um, each account as best I can. Um, you guys give me love. Least I could do is try to try to share it in return, right? Not too, not too crazy there. Uh, I'm going to get this tweet out, and uh, we'll do some uh, quick updates, some Amazon reads, no recap, a uh, couple shouts, and then we'll just be right to the breakdown to for the most part. I'm got training and stuff later, so uh schedule is uh pretty crazy here. Alright, live now, breaking down UC Paris, trying to party here. Alright, let's see if that tweeted out. But yeah, um Boy Training Camp has been a motherfucker. Let me uh make sure that link work. Hey, there's that ugly face. Alright, we're good. Um talking about me folks, don't worry. I uh now that this haircut's actually looking a little bit more manageable as it's growing out, and as I, I fixed it a little bit, uh, it's hard, man. You know, when you're when you're uh, the, the the Asian hair is, is difficult. My Asian brothers and sisters know it's like it's thick, wiry, shows every mistake. So if you don't got your P's and Q's together, um, yeah, it's a it's it's struggling, and, and it's a fine line. Let's be honest. You know, like thankfully I'm not like chubby cheek like I normally am. Weight's coming down. I I, I think I've uh, I've, I've almost like fluxed 20 pounds in the last month, which is crazy. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm always like a step away from Kim Jong-il, depending on how hard I fade. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> gotta, gotta be careful. Uh, gotta be careful out there. All right, let's see who, who's up in here. Alvin Yakitori, what's up, Alvin? Hello, 
Honorable Mr. Dan Tom, it is the fighters who use their hands and brain to make the sport MMA. Let's talk about fighting with respect and dignity. Indeed, man. And I tell you, nothing better is a reminder uh, of that, Alvin, than, than actually you know getting in there and put, putting it on the line. And I've done it before. I don't need to prove it again. But whatever reason, I'm doing it again. And, um, man, I, I was um, speaking of, of, of brain trauma, just getting back into the striking sparring and... Uh, yeah, I don't think I... It's hard to tell with my stupid pain tolerance and stupid um, stupid Hawaiian chin. Uh, but, like, uh, man, I, was I just... I was seeing too much of my sweat on my opponent's glove, you know, where you're like, I don't think I get hit a lot. No, I don't think I'm not that clean. And then you just see, like, glistening sweat on the tips of their gloves consistently, and you're like, yeah, it's my head. God damn it. <laughs> so, so yeah, man, it is just, oh, it is it is a harsh reminder, like, how it's easy to get frozen in there, you know, circle in the wrong way, you know, seeing commentary, like, ah, oh, his corner told him to circle right, and they said your other right, and that actually happened in my first fight, too, so not that I would laugh at that anyways, and, and I understand that, but it's like, yeah, you understand why the brain farts happen in there, but yes, with respect, we will be talking about fight IQ technique and all that and the like. Just know I am not above it, and uh, believe me, I, I definitely sentiment with my guy, Alan Yakutori, uh, Mr. Positivity there. Appreciate him in the chat. Definitely send him in with your message. Jimmy Kudo, 598. Hi, Dan. Team Magnum. Zhang Wei Li. Yeah. Zhang Gang, baby. Zhang Gang. Zhang Wei Li. Okay, nice. What's up? Squad is here. I love it. Makoto Kiyogoku. Yes, Team Magnum for life. Nice. From Drake Riggs' the show. Drake Riggs is the man. I got to get him on uh, here. I, I'm going to give shouts to the shows I did do because, again, I, I, I'm more than happy to do these shows I'm doing. Uh, and I'm going to do because they're they're, they're they're good people in the community, friends of mine, or people that really just deserve deserve some love. But man, um, do I realize how hard it is to be like stretching myself thin? Because like it's hard to cover the sport at uh, this level as me and eh, not many because they're more positive than me. But you know we do definitely acknowledge the craziness and the burnout um, with the MMA schedule and trying to compete in this motherfucker. It's like oh my goodness. It is it is tough. So like every extra thing I do right now, it's like a fight that I didn't really get to research. And as per usual, guys, I'm gonna be honest, and hopefully that'll make for a shorter breakdown on the fights I didn't get to. But I got some plays lined up right around that. You know, three leaving an extra room for another one unit. You know, we'll see what pops up on fight day. But uh, I still got stuff for you guys, so don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. I got a Ghost Phantom in the chat. Team Magnum represent hashtag Dan Tom hashtag 2022 champ. Hey man, I just you know I, uh, you know what uh, I mean. Obviously, you know uh, I want to win, uh, but I think safety is like first and all that, right? And that should be first. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I just want to have something I can be proud of. You know, I just want to not look like a complete like dipshit, um, and uh, like actually look like I I've trained for 30 years. Uh, on and off, granted, but you know what I mean. Like, I've, martial arts has been a part of my life. I, I actually have something to show for. That'll be my goal. But yeah, if if I can, uh, if I can get some dubs in the process, that'd be pretty fucking sweet. Sammy Arnett, zero six seven. Hello, Dan. Are you excited to see Zhang versus Sparza? Yes, I am. Have been at Timo Yama. Uh, I have been at Timo Yama sending Wei Li and her coaches film of sparring. Is that? Bad? <laughs> I hope you're not serious. Are you omit? Are you omitting to being a spy? There's a there's a spy against us. There's a traitor amongst us. Gandalf's gonna, uh, Colin Oyama's gonna, he's gonna sniff you out. Be careful. Uh, uh, Colin Oyama does not seem like a guy I would want to cross. By the way, <laughs> I won't blow up your spot. I don't talk to Colin, but uh, 
whatever you do or not do, you know, you better be like a, you better be like a snake uh, in Metal Gear Solid with your espionage. You know what I'm saying? You better uh, smuggle that out accordingly without hurting yourself or doing any long-term damage. Metal Gear Solid joke there. James Kendrick, Team Nag, the, the Team Magnum Squad from Drake Show is back, baby. With Dan Tom, one of the best analysts. Oh, you're too kind there. Um, yeah, I definitely got to get my guy Drake Drake on here. Pop it in to say hi, buddy. This is my guy uh, Andrew T. Drew Cook. Uh, pop in and say hi. I'll uh, I'll have to tune back in later to watch the whole thing. Love the main event this weekend. Gone is the next is next up for the throne after Ninganu is done. Cheers as always. Good luck. Yeah, you know, Gon's definitely got a high ceiling on him. Um, I I don't uh, um, disagree with that, but we'll get into my my takes and my my where I'm headed in the main event um, shortly. Uh, Crumbopolis Rosen, you are awesome, Dan. Good to see you live. Excited to talk about high-level MMA. Me too, and I'll get to it uh, here shortly. Um, and uh, I want to get right back to it here, here, right here, actually. We're going we're gonna to push that direction. I'll get to the rest of your guys' comments. Thanks for joining. Of course, like and subscribe below. Daniel, Tom, MMA for my audio listeners. Listen on Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings and reviews. Like Those don't hurt. Mucho appreciated. Mm. Coffee. Uh, coffee, coffee. Um, I uh, speaking of shows I did, I got to give a shout out to my guy, uh, Clint Clint McLean, diehard MMA pod. He of course uh, is over on the Pub Sports Radio channels, providing uh, tons of content over there. He definitely spoils his audience, and he's got a deserved one who deserved to be spoiled. So, give uh, my guy Clint some love. Uh, check out the show I did with him on on Monday. It's tough, man. It's tough to do those shows on Monday. I don't know how Clint does it. I paid him his proper due daps. Um, and uh, I'll tell you if anything's changed and what has been added to my takes if you saw that show then. Of course, I had to break off and do Contender Series and, again, just a, just a bunch of stuff. Also, you know, even though I'm looking healthy, uh, I've, I've been going through a, you know, a bunch of, uh, bunch of health stuff, physical, uh, mental, the like. So it's been, a, you know, without getting into it, I don't want to say because no one cares because I'm talking to the to some of the people that do care, some of the best people, and, I, man, I, I, I love you all. Uh, so I, I don't mean to say it, like, negative like that. I just kind of want to push on and because uh, we're all, we all, we all got stuff going on. Uh, but uh, but I will say uh, I do bring that up just to say how grateful I am to be here with you guys. And um, uh, it also leads to my next shout that, again, you know, even though time is, is tough to parse, um I wanted to shout out the fight site guys. I've been meaning to get together with a panel with them, especially uh, my guy Haxerize, uh, uh, Hax, who's just one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. Probably he's just a super smart cat. Um, amongst a bunch of super smart cats over there at the fight site, we got uh, together for a panel. We long been planning to do about um, commentary in combat sports, specifically MMA. Um, and it was a long one, but it was awesome. And uh, kind of the sentiment I shared with them, I'm sharing with you guys, is like, dude, it's just. It's just cool to have uh, people to interact with and stuff, you know. I, I think, at least for me, I don't know about if you guys are wired this way. Hopefully not. But, like, I, I, very easily do I want to go inward and just mm, shut out when things are going, you know, uh, awry or whatever, what have you. And, you know, I think th there's definitely uh, value in, you know, not in, in being social. I know I'm saying, like, the sky is blue, like, obvious stuff to you guys. I just got to repeat it out loud for me because uh, I got to be more used to, you know... Um, Communicating. There's a lot of a lot of you you uh, good folk out there, and uh, you know it, it's good to uh, be be open about these things. So uh, if I'm been struggling or didn't get a lot of tape study and all these things, uh, just know there's a lot going on. I'm not trying to make excuses, and I will be 
honest as per usual with what um, I did my usual Dan Tom studies. I ran the proverbial comb through and, and what I did it. So um, let's let, let's kick onward. And, and again, uh, that's not out yet, but but shout out to the fight site. Um, you should follow them. Keep an eye on it for when it does come out, obviously. But I also want to mention them because they're really good to support, especially right now. Uh, we have my guy Tumen, uh on the uh, on the show. Uh, Iggy, some of you guys might know him as Chungus Khan back in the day is his old handle. He's not really on Twitter at the moment. Uh, good for him. But we had him uh, on the show, and uh, as you know, he is uh, one of the people affected with everything going on with the, uh, you know the whole Russia-Ukraine conflict, and um, you know supporting. Uh, you could support a lot. everyone's got the Patreons and all that stuff, and uh, this especially at a time like this, uh, you know, I just wanted to give them a plug because uh, all their donations. Um, it's not, I, I think they're all just shoveling in and, and defaulting it to help. Uh, help our guy Tumen. So um, check out Fight Site if there's that's kind of an interest of yours uh, to help. They have links to help individually where you don't have to subscribe to anything um, uh, as, as well. So uh, go check them out. Um, the fight is thefight-site.com. Uh, that concludes the shouts. Amazon Reads, and we'll get to this breakdown and get out of here. Sound good, folks? All right. Amazon Reads, of course, you can support this free program here. Uh, no Patreon, but I do have a, you know, a PayPal if you want to uh, go directly, mixedmarshallanalyst.com. That's my website, the website that supports this here show. Of course, at Dan Tom MMA, where I'm most active on Twitter. Uh, you'll see in the link tree there, there's also, again, the secure PayPal link donation. But if you go to the website, mixedmarshallanalyst.com, to your right, you will see the secure PayPal link. And under it, you will see maybe like, you know, shadier links like to like, you know, Amazon or, or on it. If you like, uh, if you want to support those companies and feel a little better about uh, yourself, where your money's going, you just click through those links. You do your normal shopping. I do shopping there too. I'm not throwing shade, folks. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just as guilty of whatever shade you want to accuse me of throwing. I'm just saying it's a way that we can all win. That's all. I'm just trying to point the positives here instead of complaining, right? And, uh, you know, you click through, you do your shopping, and a small percentage gets kicked back to this here program without charging you anything extra. I don't see what you purchase um, at, on it, nor do I get any of your personal information through any of these things, but through the Amazon links, it does tell me what you want to buy. So if you are uh, plotting a David Carradine one night in Bangkok, you want to go to town, you know, you want to buy the Ultra Viper Max 5000, you want to buy the Karate Gi, you want to buy the, uh, you know, the uh, the gentle on the, on the skin rope, uh, whatever your uh, autoerotic or erotic uh, needs, I won't know it's you. Will I pontificate them on the purchases in front of the public here on this year's show? Yes, absolutely. But we won't know it's you. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and read to see what you guys bought to help support this show after I tortured you with my immature, repetitive jokes. Someone bought a Stadler metal double hole sharpener. <laughs> Dan, it's probably something really legit. Relax. With tub, uh, 51201BK. Wow. Someone got Jealous Devil, all-natural hardwood lump charcoal. Jealous Devil. That's a, that's a cool name. Um, lump charcoal. Is it, uh, is it Christmas time yet? Do, do we still do that? Are we still doing that to kids? We should. We should toughen them up with some charcoal. Maybe some lead poisoning. Jesus, Dan. Mr. Pen, Mr. Pencil's sharpener and eraser. I think someone is supplying a school, so actually I should not be talking shit on this. Thank you. Or supplying their child to have school supplies. Um, Bissell Oatmeal No Rinse Dog Shampoo for Bark Bath. Two-pack. Thank you for that. Someone else bought Colgate White Advanced Teeth Whitening Toothpaste. Icy Fresh. Got to keep those whites, whites clean. I, I got to go to the dentist myself, man. I gotta, I'm, I'm overdue for a teeth clean, you know. It's, it's, this, it's this coffee and, uh, you know, other things maybe that have uh, stained the teeth. Uh, Barnsley Graphics South Yorkshire Vintage Print Tech Shop. 
Tank top, tank shop, tank top. Um, we got a beard wash and conditioner. I definitely don't need that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely. I, I think my my Instagram's trying to sell me so much stuff now that like, um, it's usually just dog stuff and like shorts. But like, I think I saw like some hair growth product, and I'm like, do I? And it's like for the scalp. It's for I guess it's for everything. You just make you can make yourself into cousin it, and I'm like, what the. F I I think hair grow like since I was a kid in like the the nineties uh, I that's all I, I feel like the hair growth thing they just come up with new ways to market it to us and it's all sketch as 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 fuck looking um, shouts to my bald brethren out there who can pull it off I I cannot I know I know you guys tell me to get over it um, replacement sixty watt power adapter L tip connector for old I don't know what it is. Uh, Old MacBook Pro, okay. One inch craft thank you stickers, thank you. You go grounding TCG deck box bundled, all right. Pokemon Sword and Shield Fusion Strike sleeved booster. Uh, Pokemon TCG World, okay, hopefully you're buying something for your kid there and you're making them very happy. I remember that Pokemon Snap game. I remember a friend brought it over as I was probably you know too aged out for these games and we all just fell asleep while while my friend played it. Yeah. I don't know if that game ever took off. I do remember those Pokemon, those for like when the color, uh, the color uh, came out in the Game Boy in the 90s. I definitely was on that. I definitely was on that. There were some suspect characters in that Pokemon. Remember Q-Ball? They had a biker literally with like assless chaps and I think in one version it looked like there was balls. I don't know. Listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to jump on a negative Asian stereotypes as a part Japanese man myself, but you know, a little wacky with some of their cartoons. I don't think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. Anyways, wow, Dan, way to subtle a, sully a childhood memory. Golden Groundhog. Okay, what about that? A Robinson's Fruit Squash Concentrate Variety Pack. Eight ounce plastic juice bottles. All right, thank you for buying those. Someone bought Dune on 4K. Um, do they section it off with the movies, or is it just coincidentally movies at the end of this? Minions 4K Ultra HD. I still never watched Minions, although I saw a funny meme that suggested they may have worked with the Third Reich, which I may have to look into before I subscribe to the Minions. I definitely don't want to contribute to that culture. I'm okay. It was a funny meme, though. Um, and um, 1883 Yellowstone, the origin story. All right. Okay. Sam Elliott. All right. All right, cowboy. I see you. Either way, thank you guys for clicking the links there. I'm going to catch up on the chat. And uh, we will get on with the breakdowns. How's that sound? All right. Uh, we had my uh, left off of my guy T. Drew Cook. Think I'll be dipping my toe in the content creator pool here soon. Oh, nice. Might hit you up for some pointers. Hit me up, Drew. Although I'll warn you, I'm really late on my mail. I'm really backed up right now. But you know my line's always open to you, sir. Ghost Phantom 98. No, seriously, though. Hit me up, Drew. You're the man. Uh, gambling is not my thing. I just love talking about technique and hopefully pick up something to use in sparring for your show. I tell you, that's where it started for me. That's where it stays. And that's where it's being reinforced as, uh, you know, I'm sorry if it's going to be a nauseam. It's kind of at the top of my head. As I get ready for uh, another fight of my own. So I totally feel you, Ghost. And again, your analysis is respected, uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't question, I wouldn't question your intention here, sir. Appreciate you being here, Jin Karasu. Hashtag Team Magnum. That's right, baby, Team Magnum. Team Zhang Wei Li. 
Uh, Rain Lamina. Hello, Dan. You are a fan of Jack Slack. Yes, I am. By the way, he says, by the way, it's great to see the boys from Drake Show here. Team Magnum, baby. Jack is the man. I actually shared some of his, uh, his like, Filthy Casuals Kazuki Sakuraba with, um, with a teammate of mine the other day. Um... I don't religiously listen to his podcast and stuff because I, I, I Jack is so good and influential, uh, and he's because he's so influential. Uh, he he's good. He is influential. That a lot of the terminology gets will get used around, and I, I try to keep my filter clean. So uh, I, I try to listen to him like uh, religiously or whatever. But he has some specialty stuff that he throws out there on YouTube. A uh, bunch of free free stuff outside of his paywall. Although worth it going to support him too. Please go go support that guy. Jack Slack is is awesome. But yeah, just just ton of knowledge of that dude. Um, James Kendrick, are you familiar with Santino DeFranco? Oh, very very res- uh, much respect with that guy. I, I, I never worked with him and don't not familiar with him as, as as I'd like to be. But yeah, I'm familiar with his work and he's really good in that corner and prep wise. He has a Patreon for betting tips. I've heard that too, which you know, um, you know what? I I would I I I wouldn't be surprised if he does well. Uh, I ain't even gonna throw hate. Um, James Kendrick says, thoughts on coaches helping betters. Also, he's cool because he coached Whaley last year. Yeah, a lot of the Asians, uh, Mon- Mongolian murderer, uh, Richie Lang, uh, who's, who's made me look pretty good lately, um, also did training there as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, it's a, I think it's a conflict of interest because they had to be in the corners and whatnot. I mean, it's hard enough for me, tr- former training, now going back to training in these environment with these people that, you know... Um, you got to talk and bet too, and then you know be, be around. It's like I'm gonna be really careful navigating that, but of course I'll be putting everything up front as I always do and have been as far as biases. You guys know I'm good about that. There's a few things I am good at <laughs> is that, but it's tough, man. It's really tough. Um, you know, I, I heard people joking about Kraus saying, "Did he go and bet as fighters?" That's a legitimate question. I know it, it. It, 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 a lot of that's meant as a jab, but it's a legitimate question. It's like, well, you really believe in your fighters, then why don't you bet on them? Are you serious better? Then uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're smart enough to give themselves an out, and not just give themselves an out, but but to stick to it for, uh, God forbid, an attempt of efficacy of just saying I just stay away from my fighters' fights, you know, um, and just kind of just leave it at that, you know, or you know, uh, but uh, I don't know, man, you know, to each their own. I want to give Kraus the benefit of the doubt. I want to wish him well because I don't want to be a hitter to anybody. Uh, but there's definitely conflict of interest there, and uh, you know, uh, Kraus is another another guy I've talked about. I respect him because he has he works so hard and hustles so hard. But by that same token, I've talked about that because he, to his own admission, has his hand in so many pots. You know, there's no biological free lunch in any 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 walk of life. You're gonna have to pay. The bill's gonna come due somewhere. Where's that bill come due for all that, right? Uh, so yeah, that's that 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 is the potential problem there. Um, Makato Kyogoku, Fight Site is awesome. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, are you there too? Sometime I just collaborate with them and 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 uh, in friendly with uh, with all those dudes. Um, Makoto says we need to get our boy Ghost Phantom on there. Um, I, I would love to see more Ghost. Hit me up. I love to see more of your stuff in general, man. And I know you got a ton of respect in the community, and you've been nothing but uh, pleasant with uh, the interactions in here with me. So, yeah, much respect to all those mentioned. Rain Lamina. Oh yeah, I get get Ghost Phantom hired on the fight site. I learned so much about uh, positioning and fighting from him. Yeah, man, just 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 put your stuff out there. And fight site, you know, they seem to recognize uh, uh, good folk. I know that uh, the dude Miguel Class that does all those threads uh, got picked up. So shouts to uh, Miguel. 
Uh, Mark Fellows, my guy Mark. Everybody give Mark some love. How, how are you doing, Mark? Keep us updated and, um, you know, on, on your fight, sir, um, which is much more important than my silly crap going on. But um, Mark Fellows, the man, says, let's go Bam Bam, as picked by myself and the one and only DT Spoiler Alert, if you watched uh, my guy, uh, my guy uh, Clint's show. Um, yep, shouts to Ghost Phantom for being a great analyst. Uh, Mark Fellows, a friend of Whaley's, a friend of ours. Go Bam Bam. Yeah, I love seeing. Yep, yep. James Mark is a good dude. So yeah, I love seeing all the uh, all the love in there. All right, we're gonna stop at the, all the Bam Bam comments and let's get to that fight, shall we? What time is it? What time is it? UFC Paris time. Ooh, all right, Dan. Wow, that was really pathetic. Uh, '90s uh, NBA chant from a. Uh, nerdy dude like yourself. Way to go. All right. Oh, so <laughs> UFC Paris. Uh, Timestamp schmamped there. We've got a headline by Cyril Gan. Minus 520. Uh, comeback on Tai Tuivasa. Plus 410. I'm not telling anything crazy here. Cyril Gan deserves to be favorite. He deserves to be the designated favorite. Not disagreeing with any of that. Not disagreeing if you're picking him. Um, not disagreeing if you're playing him. Though I would say, you know... I would rather prop hunt and sprinkle like for subs or something like that. You know, all the best to you. Um, although I think most likely uh, he's got to win by decision here. Although submission is a worth a sprinkle. But my worry is that uh, Surreal went two for fourteen against um, Rosenstrach. Uh, you know, uh, Jarzinho, who has decent um, takedown defense. He's right up. He's right about here with Ty. You could argue who's a smidge better. It's not much, and it's not too meaningful. I would argue, but once the mat wrestling and the get-ups go, Ty Tuivasa much better than Rosenstruck. So there's a lot of incentive for Gon to take him down. Um, and it didn't seem like he tried too much. He had that third-round success. When you go look at the stats, which are kind of weird, because it's like okay, he shot more than I remembered, which you know always happens. You got to go back and watch these fights. But also sometimes with the takedown attempts, something I've pointed out in past fights, um, they count the weirdest things or don't count the weirdest things. It's not as egregious as late checking, but they're up there as far as the echelon of of uh, untrustworthy stats that I tend to talk about and get proven throughout uh, time and time again on this show, right? Um, and uh, two for 14, you know, wasn't able to get too much meaningful there. Has he gotten better since then? Sure. Um, how much, um, you know, he fumbled the bag with some, with some, you know, he got swept, made some bad decisions as well uh, against Francis Ngannou. But again, Francis Ngannou, very underrated there. Actually had some really good jiu-jitsu, um, knew how to use his physicality. Um, so both the intent and the tools that he had are going to be things that I would not expect, nor should we expect Tai Tuivasa to do to him. Obviously, when you're on the bottom, you're going to get more tired than being on top. When you have someone who is being offensive back in the grappling, it's going to tire you out than your one-way traffic of trying to be offensive forward. Uh, but I wonder what happens when he does sell out, you know? First of all, if he sells out, does he look better than the 2-for-14 that he does against Rosenstruck? Um, and if he does, if he can't put Ty away within that round, does he tire himself out and kind of res wrestle himself into a hole even when he is not getting pushed? just for the sheer amount that he would have to grapple a guy like Tuivasa because Tuivasa, you know, not the best wrestling takedown defense, but 
it's a place that he's diligently worked, especially with his Tiger Muay Thai camps with the Hickman brothers. And if you look, he actually had those get-ups early on in his career too. He had basic stuff, like really basic cage cutting. Again, just because a guy moves around doesn't mean it's good footwork, right? Sometimes good footwork is staying on balance, being able to cut the cage, not cross your feet, take small steps, and move with your body on frame and in balance. That constitutes as really good footwork, actually, that we don't perhaps give enough credit to. Ty did do some of these things, for sure, just coming out of the gate. I mean, the guy's got a, a bit of a pro boxing record himself. Granted, it's only 5-2, and two, I believe, three of them by way of knockout. But also training with, you know, coming up training with guys like Mark Hunt and even more concurrent guys like the Tyson Pedros of the world. Um, so he's got a bit more experience than one would recommend in some of those small glove Muay Thai bouts. I know he has that embarrassing loss. You could probably tra track around to Peter Graham. But again, very young Ty Ivasa before he linked up with Hickman Bros and all that stuff. And then if you look at it, he got pushed too hard. And I was one of the few saying this. You know, I picked Andre Arlovsky to beat him, which he did beat. He That was wrong, but I didn't look as crazy afterwards that I did before, right? Because, you know, um, again, it was Ty was getting thrown in there with former world champions, you know. Um, Arlovsky, uh, JDS, uh, Blagoy, by the way, who was champs in other organizations and beat Fedor when he was freaking Fedor. And Blagoy, you know, you know, I, I got love for Blagoy. I like boy, even off, uh, he doesn't get enough love. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he got thrown to the wolves with those fights, you know, one after the other. And also he went back training at the, at, uh, back at the coast, back in Australia, away from uh, Tiger Muay Thai. After those losses, he gets back with Tiger Muay Thai. Not just that, he also sets up a personalized training camp in Dubai with actual heavyweight kickboxers to specialize around him. So again, like pretty perfect for some of these matches that he's been getting too, uh, as far as getting heavyweight kickboxers or guys like, uh, you know, that like to to uh, throw them to swang and bang like a Derek Lewis, so to speak. Um, so so he's been now he's kind of went from overvalued to undervalued. Does that mean he's going to win here? No. Um, can I scream that you know there's value and that he's undervalued and he's livelier in the light? Of course. And to be honest, I. I, I, I'm not special, nor should you think I'm special for saying that, because it's common sense. You should always squint at lines that are over 2-1 to one in the heavyweight division. And even if this is a matchup where you can maybe justify a 2-1 to one spread for Gone, which I'm not saying you can't, by the way, but we're not even talking about a 2-1 to one spread. We're talking about north of a 5-1 to one spread from the Gone perspective. Like, it just shouldn't happen. Gone can go out there and win, and win easily, and it's the line is still stupid. And I'm not saying that to feather my nest to fall, because if I was worried about that, I would have picked Gone for the safe pick and then just took a flyer on Tui Vasa or told you that Tui Vasa's live and give you all these reasons that I could clip out from my YouTube show and post like I'm brilliant even though I picked Gone after the fact, right? But we know that's not my style. So I'm just going to tell you, you don't got to follow me off the cliff. You don't got to agree with me. You never do. It's never my plea. It's never my expectation. But I will tell you where I'm at. I will tell you where my money's at. And I did end up playing Tai Tuivasa only at three-quarter units. Uh, you don't even have to lay a whole unit, whether you're getting plus 400, plus 410, or plus 420. And if my three-quarter unit hits, it'll make bat everything else that I bet on this card could lose, and it won't matter. So that's kind of, um, you know, and it's at the end of the card. It's lots of Hail Mary. A lot's going to have to go wrong to depend on Ty, but either way, it's only a three-quarter bet. And the reason is is because of, uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of reasons. One, Elusive movers of the division, whether it was Machida at light heavyweight, Michael Page at uh, you know welterweight, or uh, Wonder Boy at welterweight. Uh, what what did Pettis do? What did Lima do? What did Shogun do? Um, I know these are karate guys, and Gon's not a karate guy; he's a Muay Thai guy. 
But what did they do? It was leg kicks, right? It was it was it was it was fleet of foot movers, and it was competent leg kickers who knew how to throw power punches at the right time. Um, that got the job done. They didn't even have to be the most volume guys in Lima's case. They didn't have to be the most consistent guys in Pettis's case. Um, they didn't even have to be in their prime, you know, in Shogun's case, which I know that looks like his prime compared to the Shogun we've seen, but that was still a post-prime Shogun for those of us who weren't around during the Pride days, right, and saw that 05 run. But yeah, like, uh, that, that's been that's been the thing, and Tui Voss is always a debilitating late kicks, but since working with the kickboxers and really revamping in, uh, in this recent run, his feints are really good to where he's not kicking and punching range where, you know, like, shout out to my guy Luca Fieri, always posting the knockouts for fighters who do that. Um, but he will play just outside of that, and he will want you to counter off his kicks, and he keeps a mean left hook, a checking left hook, left hook in tow from his right kick. And it's great because he can even punish the legs of southpaws. He got Blagoy even off the limp. I mean, Blagoy even off, folks. The guy that got stabbed in the heart. The guy that got stabbed in the skull a bunch of times. And they're like, DC, did he get, get stabbed in the skull a bunch of times? Is that where all those scars are from on his head? And DC was like, yeah, he got stabbed a lot. <laughs> like, that is the guy we're talking about. Like, Blagoy, Blagoy boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, hamburger. Um, and he, that dude was limping in pain by the start of the third round. And that was just a three-round fight. Now, Blagoy obviously dropped him and did a lot from the southpaw stance. That's the flip side to the Blagoy sample size. Blagoy obviously not small. I mean, obviously not fast. Obviously not athletic. Or as fleet of foot as gone. No brainer there. But even with his basic southpaw lead hand, especially with that check hook, was able to drop Taitui Vasa. So I think check hooks are going to be live from both sides. I think gone, he has good defense from it, but the fact that he was so worried about it from Rosenstruck, even though Rosenstruck barely throws it, but we know when he does it's dangerous, kind of told me something. And then I went and watched the fights after he fought Rosenstruck, and I, I saw availabilities for that left hook for when Ty wants to throw it to be there as well, as well as the leg kick. So that's something that we forget when when someone's a big hoss and something, like they're, 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 they're the guy that's known for this that offensively, that doesn't necessarily mean they have the best defense for it. Now, stereotypically, if you're gambling and setting odds, if someone has a good guillotine, chances are they have good guillotine defense. But it's not always that way, especially with strikes. We see it kind of go the other way, especially with MMA striking acumen, right? Uh, defense, obviously, not where it should be, not at other sports, uh, not where it should be by many metrics or perspectives. And that's, I think it's fair to say. Um, my defense, definitely not. Um, but, like... You know, Edson Barbosa, known for the leg kick, right? But before Justin Gaethje knocked him out, who was winning the leg kick battle? You know, I'd argue it was Gaethje. Um, and if you, and again, leg kicks are very dangerous thing to look at the stats because I myself have been fooled. I'm not talking down to you guys. I've made this mistake too with guys like Jan Blakovich underestimating his leg kick defense because you go and look at, you know, that's why it's dangerous to look at stats. You look at fight metrics and you're like, oh, this guy's getting landed in the 90 percentile. Well, the, the problem is, is like most guys get landed in the 80 to 90 percentile um, on leg kicks no matter how you cut it. You actually have to go back and watch the tape to see if they're checking because fight metric to the live stats you see on a broadcast never account for leg checks. I mean, why do you think us hipsters who are Aldo fans are like hate these leg kick stats so much you know what I'm saying because like you're like the guy's checking like 75% of these or he's backing out of the way and like they're not even even if like you're forgetting about the checks and you're just measuring their misses to the clear misses those don't even match up half the time forget the checks 
Um, and again, not shouting on like the Richard Mans of the world, like the real statistician. Shout to him. Shout to the people putting in the work. I'm not trying to degrade. I'm just, hey man, if the sky's blue, I'm going to call it fucking blue. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and when you look at Gone, not just his stats, but you look at his fights, he gets leg kicked to bits. Uh, not to bits, but like he, he doesn't really check him too much. Um, and um, and and I think that's going to be a liability. So. Even though he doesn't throw too many check hooks, which I would like to see him throw more if he watched and did his homework on the Blagoy fight, I expect Gon to, you know, stay ahead and frustrate with his lead hand big time. But I think the leg kicks are going to be a two-way street, and I would argue it's more of a potent street for Tui Vasa in the way he throws it. Secondly, what we saw too, even with uh, Ninganu with, you know, wrapped up knees, um, was that you can push this guy to the fence easier than, than you think. I mean, he's really elusive. He's got the stats to back it up with the big differential at distance, which is impressive. You don't see that that much, much less at heavyweight, but at the same time, who at heavyweight can move like that, right? But when you actually cut the cage and and push toward him, you can get him to the, uh, to the fence and into the clinch. Furthermore, even if you're doing a Derek Lewis and a bad Derek Lewis where he's at his worst and he already admittedly lost the fight when he walked into that fight and he's just doing this thing where like kind of like the Travis Brown fights and the fights before where we've seen Derek Lewis do it where uh, not the time where he, you know, like Tai Tuivasa actually beat a good Derek Lewis, but like, uh, and I'm not trying to degrade, I'm just saying there was there was two differences here and what the version Gon got was that I'm going to back up to the fence and do this thing and even with it back to the fence, Gon still found himself with that, that with that clip that I posted, and I explained this when I posted it the last time around before the Ninganu fight, was that it looks impressive, and it kind of looks like it's like I'm, I'm posting it to show off Gon's skills, and he does excellent skills there from the head position, the bicep to the wrist control, and the leg. I'm not complaining. I love that stuff, right? I'm not, I'm not being a hypocrite here. But the point was is that he did kind of like a needlessly flashy thing to a guy like Derek Lewis and just fell into the clinch. And he kind of falls into the clinch a lot because... I assume not just his athleticism and all these kind of, you know, uh, uh, God-given things, so to speak, but his actual technical skill is there too, right, to the guy's credit. But Tai Tuivasa, go look at all his finishes. What's the common thread? They're either coming in or out of the clinch, especially lately, or when guys hang out by the fence, right? That's Tai Tuivasa's kill zone. And whether you're pressuring him, which, by the way, again, Gone is not, as we saw with the Ninganu fight, even a guy with, with, with busted knees, he, he's not beyond just, you know, seceding his own back to the fence and kind of kind of putting himself there for the guy, right? Like, Or when he's the opposite, he'll throw himself into these bad positions because he's so confident he can reset. How much can you roll that dice, you know? How much is fighting safe, fighting safe in this division, especially in this sport, right? Because at the end of the day, you're sitting there for 25 minutes with a guy like Tai Tuivasa who you'll be faster in and you should have better cardio and have an advantage down the stretch. But even in the fights where he didn't tire and did win, gone, doing striking, did he push the pace? No. In fact, you go and look at it, you know, he lets his opponents in in some rounds. I think Volkov had a good fourth round. Um, Ninganu, a guy not known for going late, has his best rounds late. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's it's... If he's not going to push a crazy pace, can we really count on him to get tired? And again, he could sub-tie and taking it to the ground would be smart, but if he doesn't get it opportunistically done within a couple tries, can we really count on him to do like a Cain Velasquez and push, push, take down pressure when he doesn't even do that kind of a pace in the area that he's comfortable in, the area that his base is in, the area that he comes from? 
you know? So don't get me wrong. He deserves to be favorite. He will probably win three out of the five rounds. Um, perhaps four if you're being generous. Um, but that's a long time to stand in front of Taitu Ivasa. And if Taitu Ivasa is able to take some of the wheels out, which, again, I talked to Eric Nixick, and that was that was a major part of their camp. Um, Ninganu could only kick from southpaw when gone with southpaw, so his leg kick looks were very limited. But he never missed beat when he was throwing his leg kicks in that fight, even with the debilitated legs that Ninganu was working with. Um, so if Taitu Ivasa is able to visually get him to limp, I mean, like, there's a weird universe out there where, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Taito Ivasa could get a scorecard too um, if, if we're just going to have a kickboxing match with the more impactful guy. Um, so obviously knockout is, is, is the thing you, you'd, you'd want to sprinkle on if you wanted low, low exposure. you probably get that in the plus 500 area or whatever. i just kick for coverage with the money line. You're giving me upwards of plus 400. Again, all i got to do is lay a three-quarter unit. I don't got to lay much. You don't got to follow me off this cliff with a play, much less a pick even. Um but I just felt like I saw too much here. And the woo-woo side of it, you know, again, I, I laid all the technical stuff, but the woo-woo side of it, and I've spoken about this before, is regardless of whether they win or lose, the inflation that I speak of is real, where even if you lose going for the title, lose an ignominious or embarrassing, or you don't even look like impressive in a loss. You don't have to look impressive in a loss. If you lose going for the title, your next fight, especially if it's like, a hometown or like you're supposed to win there's always a massive inflation even in a heavyweight fight that's why this line doesn't make any sense because you see them coming off and the comment earlier I agree with I think Gon's got a crazy high ceiling I wouldn't be surprised to see him as a champ sometime in the future he's got t plenty of time to grow too um, you know for, for this division but um, but yeah I, I, I still feel like he's not uh, he, he hasn't had the experience in and out of the octagon that, that Tuivasa has and Tuivasa just has that dog in him, like like the shirt, you know? And to tie up the woo-woo point and move on here, uh, just reminds me of a, a fighter who came off of a, a failed bid, Dan Hardy and George St. Pierre. Um, shout out to the Couchside Judges. I think they covered that fight in their past judgments, Carlos Conda, George St. Pierre. And after that, they set him up with a hometown showing, right? They, they put him in his market in England with Carlos Conda. He came out to the Jimi Hendrix National Anthem. And Carlos Conda just left hooks him from hell and just takes him out of there. And, uh, and yeah, it was just such a shocker, you know. Um, I think I picked Dan Hardy and was, was, was maybe even rooting for him. Part of me was not that I was, in a, I was a big Carlos Conda fan too then, back then because I already knew him from WEC. But, but yeah, I was like, wow, um, this, could be, this could be one of those times, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I, it's crazy. I'm not trying to tell you guys that they got the wrong favorite they didn't i'm just telling you guys why i'm taking the shot on the dog and why the number is stupid but yeah gone uh deserves to be favored all right chat clean up you might not know this but Wei Li was tui vasa's strength and conditioning partner at bang tao oh wow that's cool to know um gaia night lord fellows bar uh, bam bam worked out at bang tao mmi with zheng Wei Li, so i'll be rooting for him as well yeah, Bang Tao, uh, they, uh, they've been having a, a ton of pros and stuff come through there too, so I hope I'm not, uh, I don't want to not give them love. Uh, shout out to my guy, uh, John Hyun Ko, who's been just killing it with the training down there. I hope he's doing well too. I know he's been training at Bang Tao. Um, da, 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 Sammy Arnett, go Bam Bam, Ghost. Phantom, hey, Orichi Lang. They call him AQ over at Fight Ready. Well, when I was there at least a couple of weeks ago. Oh, nice. You got some training at Fight Ready. 
I'm very jealous of you, man. That's 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 that's, that's a gym that uh, I've, I've been having my eye on, and like I mentioned before, Santino DeFranco. Um, much love to them. Jimmy Kudo can Ty clinch up with Gone, or is it dangerous for Ty to clinch? Yeah, I think that's I think it's dangerous for both of them to clinch, you know. Or I think it's dangerous for Gone, but can Gone stymie him with the wrist controls, right? Of course, Tuivasa likes framing elbows, but even with a wrist control, you can flick an elbow over it depending on what position they're wrestling for there. But it's going to be interesting, man. Wrist controls, hand fighting, that's why I, I, I much love to gun. I, I talk about this all the time. It's the unsung hero, right? It's the ultimate stymieing weapon. Um, so we should not be surprised if Gon's able to neutralize Ty in those clinches as well. As dangerous as Ty is, Gon could neutralize him. That's the battle that I'm looking for there. James Kendrick. Can level changes for wrestling shots take a toll on the body? Is it better to hide entries with upper body clenches? You know, I think it can as far as cardio. Um, long term, there's obviously an argument for that um, as well. Um, I know I've been trying to find different like versions for myself, especially the clench because like I really like the clench, and I realize it's going to be a strength. Um, I was just doing kickboxing training, and I didn't want to go to my weakness of like not my weakness but my 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 security blanket of a level changing takedown or just jumping into the clinch because I, I always feel pretty strong there and somewhat technical there I guess too um but uh but yeah uh it's you know I think it's good to have answers for both as far as saving your body long term and for cardio within a fight because nothing is more tiring than a failed shot Hey, speaking of John Yuncoma, man, I love the work and hustle, Dan. Learn so much from you. Knowledgeable is endless. Man, I bet you you're learning so much from where you're training right now. I mean, I appreciate the compliment, John, but I could to, to be a fly on the wall where you where you've been, man. That is so awesome. I'm I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you, bud. Genuinely, um, I hope everybody is and is support giving you the support that you deserve, my man. I hope you're doing well. Ghost Phantom, Dan, do you think Ty can use the Mark Hunt cage cutting? where he throws low kicks to the trailing leg and right straight to the body. Great call, great call. You know, now that I think about it, I haven't really seen them on like each other's socials or like um, the corresponding coaches uh, that would connect them in a minute, now that you mention it. Not to say they don't, right? Because everyone doesn't post everything, you never know. But I do wonder because, boy, would that tactic in particular be great. Uh, now I want a Mark Hunt highlight. Uh... Uh, I need some Mark Hunt technical highlight, baby. Um, but yeah, the, the trailing leg and then that right straight to the body. Um, Ty will go to the body, but not as much as I like. Um, he will throw faint jabs to kind of set up either right hands, hooks, or a shot to the body. Not as much as I'd like. Uh, he really likes to kind of faint um, and really, you know, let the kicks fill that space and let you come in and initiate and just crash and, and trigger off that. That really seems to be what he's kind of been gravitating toward in my opinion james kendrick hi at john yun co great work over there at bangtown i love seeing everybody give each other love in the chat man it's awesome i appreciate the positivity jhk giving getting some love um john yun co i agree he got pushed too hard but it made him adapt and looks better than ever now yeah i agree too yes yeah absolutely i agree it's just funny when you look at it in hindsight though right we look at the odds being high for him to be favored when he lost and then seeing lower odds and you know the odds kind of doubting him when he's won right so again you got to be careful following the numbers you got to read between the lines 
like my man John said, because there's growth that's happening in between there. We got to make sure we're giving credit for it, right? Rain Lamina, John Young Co. used to be with you. Now I have a ton of respect for training for an MMA fight. That's awesome. Look at that. Giving respect. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to agree. You don't have to agree with everybody here. God knows you definitely don't got to agree with me, folks. Let's be honest. You shouldn't agree with me for a lot of things. So if we can come together and give each other respect on the positive things, that's what's up. Love seeing it. Love seeing that. All right. Alvin Yakatori giving love to Mr. Ko. Love to see it. Um, Ghost, what are your thoughts on Gon entering with fake teeps and folding elbows when his opponent is against the cage? Good weapon against Ty. I, I think body teeps would be good. And, you know, it's funny. Um, we'll talk about a little bit of that uh, as well when we get to um, Jordan and more Nathaniel Wood um, and how Nathaniel Wood does his own versions of it. Um, so page note that for that. Good note there, Ghost. But, uh, yeah, as for this one, I would, again, I would say the I would say the body is just going to be huge. That's going to be the – if you're not going to be working a big pace like I kind of criticized Gon for – Hopefully he and again, it's not like he doesn't work the body or kick the body like he, he normally does these things So I'm not saying anything crazy or trying to blow anyone's mind here, but yeah Yeah, in answer to that question. Sure. Uh, I don't think that they would be bad things uh, For Ty especially if he can get that cage positioning, right? Like if he's able to get that cage positioning regularly gone is definitely doing something right um, And the fight is probably going his way uh, Makoto uh, Kyogoku Israel Adesanya said that Ty has sharp, well-timed low kicks. Is he said that? I feel I feel less crazy. Do you think he's overlooked as a technical? Yeah, yeah, and I I, I think so, and I, I think I covered that. But yeah, great note. Thank you for adding that in. Hope to catch you soon, Dan. And congrats on reaching 1K subs. Long overdue. Spread the love, people. Thank you, John Hyunko, for that. Go give uh, John Hyunko a follow, by the way, um, on Twitter and on uh, YouTube. Support his stuff. Karen H. Chai. Hi, Dan. Hi, Karen. How are you? Andy G, what's up, Dan? What's up, Andy G? I love that, Abby. Razor Ramon, baby. Razor Ramon. Love it. Love it. Love it. Jimmy Kudo, Gone has a good sidekick. Do you think Gone can counter low kicks with sidekicks? Um, yeah, that would be awesome to see, like Whaley did with Joanna. Yep, and I also like that, uh, you know, I don't know if he does the same thing Whaley does, which uh, I love. Tisha Torres does it a bit too, where they parlay the miss, uh, the miss leg kicks into sidekicks. Um, missed high kicks into side kicks, as I like to say and write. Um, we'll see if any, any of that. Uh, James Kendrick, Dan, is your personal K zone against the fence or out in the open? K is in comfort. Oh, kill zone. Me? I don't even know if I have a kill zone, man. My kill zone is like getting on top of you. Um, <laughs> um, it's tough, man. Uh, I naturally fight off the back foot and like to counter, which is bad for MMA. It's especially bad for amateur MMA, which is short rounds in a small cage. Um, so I have to wire myself to uh, not to get the fuck off my back foot, to be honest. So I have been practicing some things and tactics to help me take front foot initiatives and set up other things that I want to maybe do or go to. So that answers it. Um, is Taito Ivasa RJ Bertel? Is Taito Ivasa more technical than people give him credit for? Yeah, I think I I, I went into that. And he, RJ says also says he got scarfelled by Sergey Spivak, which is pretty embarrassing at the time, possibly because that was Spivak's first win, so it looked really bad and that stuck with with people's head. And then we saw Spivak kind of been getting overlooked even up until his last fight, which I feel like people you know probably should have woken up a little little earlier to Spivak. Um, and I'm not trying to flex here but let's be honest I 
I, 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 I nailed Spivak and made, made a lot of money on him um, because of because people have undervalued him. Um, and he is one of the few wrestlers at heavyweight that's really rare. Um, and he's a process-based heavyweight, which again, round two, folks, keeps being a a round that pays off for process-based uh, process-based heavyweights in three rounders, especially. Um, so yeah, like I actually don't think I think that age fairly well. And again, you look at it to where he was training at home for that camp, um, coming off the losses. Um, I mean, so there was a lot of there was a lot there, there there was a lot of factors there. You look at what Spivak's done since then. So I think that that that's aged um, better. Um, I don't think that's too hard of an argument to make. Lightmare Sworn, where can I watch your old fights, Dan? Um, I think I've I, I've successfully burnt all copies. I only had one amateur MMA fight. If that's what you're asking about for tough enough, that's the organization that I'm going to fight for again. Uh, I fought Marvin Eastman's kid. Um, I think his name's like Booster Nefarios or something. He's got a bunch of fights with that promotion though, because like he actually went on and made something of himself. I uh, know he became like the lightweight champ and stuff, which is great. Like if you're gonna lose to somebody, it's like uh, try not to get finished. Okay, check, and hopefully they go and do good. <laughs> so I can tell myself that uh, to cry myself to sleep at night. No, just kidding. Um, but yeah, there's that. Uh, I posted some like grappling stuff before. Um, some of my matches uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll repost some of those if you care to see any of that stuff from like my last competition in like 2014 but it's been a while since your boys competed that 2014 I just referenced actually would be the last time 2015 I was getting ready for that last amateur fight um, which I got one scheduled on my birthday and then I got the concussion I had to wear these bad boys ever since so yeah I'm only gearing up for what's my second amateur fight uh, I've had like uh, boxing and kickboxing smokers and exhibitions, uh, charity events. Um, those are the like, but again, those were because they were exhibition smokers, charities of the like. That's what you have to label things to get experience in that's not sanctioned, in other words. So there fat chance you can track down any recordings of that. Not that there's anything for me to, to brag in those either. Um, no winners or losers, but I probably lost more than I want on those for sure. So... Um, never knocked out or anything like that. I get knocked fucking one. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. I got I got mad. I got mass kicked more than anything that I've won. Let's let's be honest. Let's let's keep it simple. Um, but yeah, that's the answer for that one. Um, all right, let's let's push on with these fights here. Uh, next we got uh, Robert Whitaker minus two ten. Marvin Vittori plus one eighty. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh Robert Whitaker here. Um. So I'll be honest. This is one of the fights. Maybe I should be proud of me. It's like there are some. Are there any fights where maybe you don't gotta refresh yourself? And this might be silly because I'm putting my money where my mouth is. But I, I've broken these guys down so much, and this is just this is just a fight. I love Marvin Vittori, but this is just a fight that Robert Whitaker wins. A guy who pressures him, a guy who wants to wrestle him, a guy who doesn't have or is known for his one punch knockout power, and he's a southpaw. I believe off the top of my head, Whitaker is 6-0 against Southpaws. He's beaten them all by decision. The one that he didn't beat by decision, of course, was Derek Brunson, who is a do-or-die fighter. So that makes sense. Vittori, and I don't mean it as a slight because he's awesome and I love him. Uh, he's been a great parlay piece in a bunch of spots on, on his runs, for myself at least. But, you know, he's a decision guy. And he pressures and volumes. And goes for takedowns. Takedowns that I don't think he's going to get. Takedowns that I don't think he's going to get control off of. Um, in a 
in, in a crazy world, maybe he could have hurt Whitaker with something crazy, not finish him, but that earns him the round. And then you have another kind of dicey round that probably should be go to Whitaker for all accounts, but Vittori gets the optics and is able to fool two of the three judges for a split. That's a realistic path, um, as there's people that I respect out there that express injury on the Vittori side. I'm definitely not trying to talk anybody into or out of anything that's not my deal. Just telling you where and why I'm at where I'm at, right? That's it. And, um, and yeah, so all signs point to decision for one. So if you want to get cheeky with a split decision or a Vittori split decision, that's fine. But honestly, all signs point to a, a Whitaker decision here. The way he deals with southpaws, he loves striking against those. He has master classes against those. Um, again, the, the, the chances of the rogue shots are, are, are much less likely than when he's facing a Yoel Romero uh, or, 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 even a, or even a Darren Till. Um, as low volume as Darren is, Darren has some pop in his shots and some precision there, right? Um, yeah, and I, 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 you know, I, I love Vittori, and he's a he, he's a, he's a Hulk smash guy. But as far as like precision, to pop and raw knockout one punch power, the evidence does not say he has that. That's fair. That is more than fair to say. So for me, this feels like a death taxes and Robert Whitaker by decision. I was thinking about pairing him up with someone further down the card. I didn't have time to research that, and I looked at it, and I'm eating enough chalk that I don't need to eat any more or expose myself any more. So uh, I ended up just taking uh, Robert Whitaker um, by decision. Uh, minus 120 in one house, one minus 135 in the other. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and, and front the bigger number, I guess. Uh, minus 135, 1.35 units only to win a unit. Um, I thought about going bigger to 1.5, but then I'm kind of pushing for how much I want to expose. And even if I go 1.5, it won't cover. Uh, I'm pretty much, I got two chalks and one dog coming at you as far as plays go, um, roughly. So uh, this chalk won't exactly cover the other chalk, even if I step it up to a 1.5. And even if it is the on the 1.5 on a minus 120 line, I still won't cover the chalk I'm exposing on my next one. So, uh, but it's close enough to, to, to cover majority of it. And uh, I feel pretty good about this play. Maybe I'll add more depending where the line goes. I still have the option to parlay, kick for coverage for Whitaker if I'm worried about Whitaker getting finished, getting a finish and then this goes out the window. But yeah, I took Whitaker by decision. Minus 135, 1.35 units. And then I did like 1.2 units for the house that I got it in at minus 120. So pretty much a unit return across the board. Um, death tax is there. I think he's a, a good parlay piece if you want to use him for that. Um, if you feel confident enough, unlike myself, to find stuff that you want um, want to pick. Uh, Alessio DeChirico, minus 110. Roman Kopilov, minus 110. Where did this one open up at? Um, let's see here. Minus 150 DeChirico. So you're getting a discount on him. This is a tough fight. It's going to be close either way. Kopilov's got the volume and the and, and some, some counters, but he seems to want to counter more and more worried about what his opponent does and pick up late. I figured he would have shook off that habit. I know it was kind of opponent changes or him or last minute opponents under weird circumstances with like two years apart, but he still looks young and scrawny, even though he's like in his thirties now. This looks like a small middleweight. Um, he doesn't look like he's going to get off to that strong start that you need against DeCherico because DeCherico... He can have his suspect starts too, where he'll let you. But uh, you know, even he's he's got the open stance head kick, which he can get hit by too, right? He's one for one with those. But one thing he's been doing with the open stance, he's got a, a pretty nice pull right hand. 
So I wonder if he can counter the counter fighter here. He's definitely the harder hitter. He is the more reliable wrestler and grappler. Um, he's kind of gotten away from that. It could be the matchups. But uh, this would be a, a decent matchup. I know Kapilov's Russian. You're like, why is why the Italian guy wrestle? Trust me, like, the Chirico's uh, 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 an athlete for the division. You know, he comes from um, American football, even though he played in Italy. Um, he's a bigger guy. Um, I'm going to slightly side with him here. Uh, he's just a stubborn as hell guy. Um, so unless Kapilov gets him out of there. Um, you know, it could go either way. I'm not. I, I don't want any involvement in this fight. Even if Decherico goes to a dog, I'm not touching it. But the pick is Decherico. Um, this week on Hack Nasrak Hack Barast minus two thirty versus John the Bull keeps hanging around, hanging, hanging, hanging around McDessie. Plus one ninety five. Shout out to my guy Jordan Killian. He's a big John McDessie fan. I had I never I, I could never jump on with a guy. No, he's the bull and he like he does the he comes from traditional martial arts too and you know hanging around. Uh, you know, I got love for my old guys. He's a nineteen eighty five or baby. Nineteen eighty five in the house, staying strong. Come on, nineteen eighty five. He's facing a younger guy. I should be rooting for him, right? Um and I'm seeing a lot of people that uh I, I like on McDessie and you know what? This is definitely a dogger pass spot. I couldn't get there. Um, I went back to watch the tape on this one. This is one I did watch tape on. And Southpaws just kind of always give have, have given McDessie uh, trouble. He's kind of got that spotty record. He's lost to Rando Southpaws like Alan Patrick and whatnot, right? Uh, Masa Randu Betronaldo, a more relevant one. And even in that uh, Ignacio Bahamundes fight, and even DC picked this up. And I don't want to say even DC is a world champion. I mean, of course he's going to pick this kind of stuff up. Uh, but, you know, obviously DC more specializes in the wrestling, but even he was picking up on the striking notes that, hey, McDessie seems to be having, you know, Baja Mundes might want to go southpaw more. He's having more success there because uh, it's southpaws, but not specifically southpaws. Uh, left, it's left hands um, and left-sided strikes that seem to be a common culprit for McDessie no matter the matchup. Um you know, uh, Cerrone with his patent left hooks and switch kicks. Uh, Baja Mundes was checking him really well uh, as far as whenever he went southpaw. Although McDessie, uh, outside of those instances and that Cerrone fight, he generally does well against taller guys, even kickboxers like uh, Shane K1 Campbell, right? Or Shaolin Campbell. Um, he, he pieced him up pretty accordingly. So it's like, it's not even the height thing, you know, if you want to discount McDessie. The age, I get it. That's always the typical gambler thing, and I, I get it. Um, I'm trying to counter my bias as a as a 1985er, trying to get back in the cage myself here, uh, trying to get the W. So uh, believe me, I get it. But like, um, but yeah, I think he's gonna be live here. Uh, the problem is, I think Hackbrass is weird because you've got a bunch of circumstances with Hackbrass too, right? Where um, I was saying, you know, I picked Marcin Held or whatever, but I'm like, this Hackbrass guy is good. He's gonna be something. He's got he's got something, right? And then you saw everybody kind of eventually catch up on that, but they kind of did the same thing with Ty, and they just started, like, over-inflating him. Like, did you see he's training with St. Pierre and, like, with Faraz? And, like, they just, like, would kind of, like, over-inflate the guy, right? And you saw it with the lines. That would transfer again with these lines. And it's weird because you got Hack Paras. I don't know if he trained over at that UDF gym over in Germany, but he, he trained mainly in Germany, right? Then he went over to King's MMA, but then from King's MMA, he went to TriStar. So that's like three different things. And just the King's and TriStar alone, you've got two different philosophies. You've got Southpaw pressure fighting, which you think would be right in line for Hack Paras. But then you've got Faraz's more, you know, boxing guard, jab, 
let's stay fundamental, conservative, um, you know, which can bite him in the ass because then they find their fighters, him having to reluctantly tell them you need the knockout in the third round, right? Um, and uh, uh, I'm not trying to shit on the camp. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's just... It, it's such a weird mix of camps because the di the dynamics seem completely opposite. Whereas Hack Paras, not just because he looks like Gastelum, but again, the southpaw pressure, that feels like it's more of a natural fit for King's MMA. And you look at when he's taking the losses, he's jumping from all those camps, A. Not just jumping from all those camps, but he's spending the least amount of time at King's and the most amount of time at TriStar. You're seeing a big TriStar presence in the corner. And you see him kind of moving and taking the back foot, which is, I think, is really bad for his style. It's very, again, that's more in line with TriStar style and generally how their fighters kind of, uh, we see them coached, right? Or at least what the outcome of the coaching and training there. See a lot of that back foot, boxing, jab, fundamental, sound, conservative, opportunistic shot if it's there against the cage, sure. Nothing crazy, right? Um, we saw a lot of that. Uh, thirdly or fourthly on whatever point I'm on now, this also took place during that pandemic summer, right? A lot of craziness, a lot of travel. He didn't even know if his opponents were going to show up half the time, right? With Dan Hooker, right? Uh, point number four or number five at this point as well, right? And again, when you have this negative momentum, it is so hard to kick, you know, in life in general, much less something that just a microcosm is such a, such a, a raw, intense, ferocious focus like fighting. Hard to break these trends, right? That's why, again, you see these losses, they get clumped together often, right? Um, for these guys that get pushed too fast, right? Um, the two Vasa hack press. Now we're talking about, and I believe he lost his mother. His freaking mother died, man, in one of his camps. Like, this guy is all over the place, right? Um, and you never know, you know, he looks like he's in good shape. And by the way, last fight, too, he looked like he had a little bit of extra weight on him, too. Like, there was, you know, like, did something happen in his camp as well? Like, he didn't look like in the best shape or whatever, you know. He looks healthy coming into this camp. He says he's healthy. You can ne you never know, right? But one thing that I do see from his social that I do take into account, a lot of time at King's MMA this time around. Don't see any, and again, not hitting TriStar, Faraz, and all the things they've done. But you don't see that much of an influence. Maybe Faraz shows up on fight night and still corner him, and it's all, it's fuck all, you know. Maybe, uh, but if we're getting back to more of the Kings MMA Nazrat Hack Paras, that pressure fighting Southpaw, I like that better for Hack Paras in general, for his style, for his ceiling, for his percentages of victory. But in particular, I like it for this matchup too against John the Bull McDessey because you got to bully McDessey. McDessey looked great and kind of had a second win and came alive. And yeah, it was his intention to do that, but isn't it always their intention to look good and win? Sure. Uh, yes, I think maybe he might have looked good because in that, in that last fight is because Bahamundes um, missed weight, had a bad weight cut for a guy who looks like he's arguably destined for a nice guy. So I don't want to you know start throwing the size bully thing because people get pissed off when you make fun of the guy who has the genetic gifts of God. You're like, why are you making fun of that guy? Like, sorry, I'm not, I'm not making fun of him by saying that he's it's fucking big for the weight class which he is but um but like yeah yeah you had him on a bad cut so his durability probably suffered and Mahamundas got rocked like I think what was it like 30 seconds or a minute he was on skates and looked like he was almost out of there so I mean that's an insta constant that's an instant confidence booster you know so McDessie was just riding that confidence and even then rounding my point to my pick on this fight and why it's so hard to pick even then we still had a split now do you do I think it was a split no no but what you had was a guy throwing more heavier and flashier things, whether they were landing. And even though McDessie 
was smartly jabbing, even against the southpaw, which is great. Hooking, a lot of it was counters and crashing counters, right? Small shots, not the biggest power shots, aside from hurting him in the beginning. So what you had was McDessie still almost getting, uh, I don't want to say robbed by the judges or anything like that, but you know what I'm saying? But he almost got it taken away from him. Um, even in a fight where he was cruising, and I, I, you know, and I don't agree with that split, but I'm just saying, to my point. So what I think we get here is that everybody who's on McDessie, you're going to be validated in the sense that this line is not going to look like a, it's going to look like a pick'em fight. You're going to be validated, but I have a feeling that McDessie and McDessie backers are going to get jacked on the scorecards with a fight that we're going to look back and be like McDessie probably won that fight and should have won. But Hack Press is going to be throwing the stronger. Uh, the harder, the more kicks, the harder kicks, the harder punches, the flashier moves. Hopefully, there's going to be more forward pressure reviews with Kings, and he'll also, whether he fails or gets anything done with them, he will be pursuing more takedowns as well. So I think optically he's going to edge it out here, uh, but you are going to sweat your money if you're back in Hack Press, and you're going to be validated, but possibly setting yourself up for heartbreak if you pick Medesi. So be careful in this fight. Long explanation. Um, but I stayed away. I'm going to pick Hack Parass by decision. Uh, Jarno Earns, plus 185. William Gomi, plus or minus 215. I still didn't look this up. I have to look it up for my article. So check my plug for my uh, main card picks and prognostications, kind of like a, a Hauregi and a Lucindo fight. You know, hopefully it'll be something good. But uh, they're... Just, you know, they got to fill the freaking content. God, God forbid we have another five-fight card or, or a four-fight card. Remember when Fox did those? Like, I almost miss Fox now. It's like we had four-fight main cards. Remember how sweet that was? It was like back in old-school MMA, a four-fight main card. It was so awesome, you know? And then now the only time we get five, they give us a break with a five-fight main card is for a pay-per-view. They make us fucking pay for it. And then we were still paying for, like, fucking, you know, no offense, but the hairy Hunsuckers of the world. I want to kick a guy while he's down. You know, he's just like, oh, great, another Tattooed Island guy kicking me while I'm down. Like, sorry, Harry, just saying. You know, like, that's what they're charging us for. Like, that's that's our reprieve. We have to pay for the fucking five-fight card. And I wouldn't be complaining about, I'd still complain about this, even if I didn't have to do main card write-ups, by the way. It has nothing to do with the little bit of extra writing that I have to do. It just pisses me off. Um, all right, uh, I'm going to catch up on some of these before I knock, knock through the rest real quick. Um... Let's see. Where can I watch your old fights? It's great to see the yeah. It's great to see the chat be respectful to others' opinions. Alvin, you're right. That is awesome. I love it. Love it. Another shot to the chat there. Ghost Phantom Body Work. We all need to do more of it. Yes, we do. Uh, James Kendrick. Vittori is hard to put away. Yeah, that's another reason why I like the decision because Vittori is unkillable. He's like the grimace. Like I like I said on Clint Show. Like nothing can kill the grimace. Like Vittori and uh, Blagoy, I like Boy Ivanov, are like neck and neck for the, to, to become the next Grimace. They're racing. Vittori's a lot faster, but let's be honest, Blagoy is a lot more unkillable. Um, yeah, Vittori's hard to uh, put away. As great as Whitaker is, this might be a clinic decision for Whitaker. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, Ghost Phantom, one of Whitaker's interesting looks is picking up his lead leg to throw to throw low-line sidekick. Yep, from a close stance matchup. Even He even switches to southpaw if he's facing a southpaw. Uh, you, you on that look? Your thoughts on that look? Um, yeah, I've seen that too. Um, I, I just think that he's so comfortable with southpaws that he could take that one out of his, out of his, out of his game. Um, I think his boxing, uh, his kicking is more dynamic. Um, 
when he has the open stance, although, like you said, he will switch stances to do the, 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 those low-line sidekicks. Um, yeah, I don't expect Vittori to do like the, the, the Adesanya counter to him, which was beautiful, right? But uh, I like his boxing a lot better from Southpaw, too, so I just feel like he's going to have less pressure on really any particular weapons. I just feel like his game opens up more against Southpaws. Just just my thoughts on it. Jimmy Kudo, 598. How good is Vittori's body work? You know, he does go to the body. Um, I don't have the stats. I didn't look at him freshly offhand um, to give you any kind of numbers or anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely part of his game. He's got the Southpaw body kick. Again, that's standard back to that Kings MMA... Uh, Back to that Kings MMA trends, the southpaws um, really flow there. I think check right hooks would be a better shot for him because even non-traditional southpaws like Cannoneer, when he switched to southpaw, um, he had his biggest um, moment with the check right hook. He also would throw those leg kicks, of course, um, but uh, he, uh, he he the shots that he actually hit Whitaker with, like toward the end of the round three, I believe. Uh, Cannoneer, when he rocks him, it was a, a lead right hook. It was either a lead right hook or a check right hook. But um, Vittori doesn't throw a lot of those, though. That is the one thing he doesn't um, throw too much. Him and Gastelum. So that was... Uh, I didn't really have to worry about that shot too much um, for the, for picking those fights. And I, I see him going very similar, to be honest. James Kendrick. Dan, you mentioned takedowns for Marvin. Do you think what he did against Izzy where he double-jabbed and double-legged on the fence would be a bad idea against Whitaker? Yeah, I think it'd be a terrible idea against Whitaker. Whitaker, again, with the boxing reads from Southpaw, he can read those jabs just fine. Um, and uh, double-legs into it, that's just standard stuff, man. It's just like... I feel like Whitaker and Max Holloway are like the worst fighters to do that exact thing to. Or Jose Aldo, considering he counters the jab and traditionally has good takedown defense, especially in his prime. But yeah, Robert Whitaker's right up one of the worst fighters of this style to face. Again, can can, can Vittori win? Uh, he, he could. You know, I, I would love to see it. This is just this just seems like just one of those stylistic death taxes spots. I, I hate to say it. I'm scared to say. Sammy Arnett, I asked Drake Riggs question on this show. Why are MMA media members trying to defend Esparza as a fighter? However, when Wei Li was champ in 2020, they dismissed her multiple times as well as pre-fight before the, the Ioana rematch. Um, if I'm, I hope I'm not misreading that, but I feel like that's two different questions, at least how I see it and would answer it. Um, I feel like people just maybe that natural trying to, you know, Esparza getting a lot of hate do that natural kind of contrarian thing where you go, well, actually, which I'm guilty of too, by the way, folks. Um, although, again, you could say I led the charge on the Esparza love as one of the only people to pick Esparza to dominate Rose in the rematch. Never in doubt. Just kidding, kidding, kidding. Uh, but, yeah, maybe maybe that's why they're they're defending her. And the Zhang Weili stuff, yeah, um, they were dismissing her. And, again, I went into, like, the anti-Chinese stuff before, but even like putting that aside, there was a lot of it. Be well, it all kind of relates, right? Because it was the Chinese market influence that got her the title shot, kind of expedited, right? I love Zhang Wei Li, saw the talent, but let's be honest, that whole you know opening the PI and this and that, and that's not her fault, right? That's the thing; it's not her fault. These are UFC business decisions, and that's why I think it's really unfair when the fighter gets more blame than the promotion when the fighter is like. Dude, it's not their fault they're in a small position. And you don't even want to say to benefit, because what if she got iced by Andrade, you know what I'm saying? She would have been rushed 
Um, that could have even done more to her mentality than that crushing loss to Rose did, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and then put her further away from the title slash net, and you wouldn't even have a title to her name. Um, so it, it's not like it comes without risk on their own. But yeah, that was more the promotions doing. But of course, we saw Zhang Weili get the crap for that, right? Um, which is natural because, you know, although, you know, you would like to see that same scrutiny, you know, levied on maybe other fighters too, like uh, uh, the Patty Pimblets of the world. But uh, anyways, uh, shouts to shouts to Patty. And uh, I guess I saw a headline. He's got a got an eating disorder, 210. Jesus, he can make 55. Maybe that's where I should be. Um, I don't know. That's my answer for that, I guess. Uh, Sammy says, why do you think it's okay to defend Esparza, but okay to dismiss Wei Li? Yeah, um, I know they're facing each other. It's hard to correlate it directly, but hopefully I gave my answers why individually I think people are defending Esparza and why they didn't, as well as continue to maybe not with, with Wei Li, or maybe they're cu- kind of coming around again after that vicious knockout. I don't know, man. You know me. I try to keep that same energy here. I can't speak for a guess, but that's my best guess, right? I and mean, again, I can't speak for other people. Um, thank you for the question, though, Sammy. Appreciate that. Ghost Phantom, uh, what do you think of Hack Parass' habit of slapping his head with his lead hand after throwing a right hand? Uh, wow, I didn't catch that. I'll have to go back and see that. I just watched footage of him, too. Um, the MMA Jesus says, I agree. Faraz is the worst. That's... It's your words, not mine, sir. Your words, not mine. Rain Lamina. Hey, Dan, I am a southpaw, and one of the techniques Ghost talks about in some of his analysis is to attack the rear leg by ah by taking the inside angle. Do you ever use that technique? I'm not particularly good at that, but, man, like anybody that can do that or even, like, you know, go Rob Kamen style across the legs, I have massive respect for. Um, to be fair, it's never really been trained into me. Um I uh yeah that uh, perhaps a, a a real blind spot of mine um of all the things I forgot to do in sparring one thing I was trying to key on was just that basic when someone kicks hard with their I was tacking lead leg and just waiting for someone to either take big steps or kick with their lead leg and as soon as they step down from the set I was hitting my own leg kicks because this person was a really good leg kicker and were tearing me up and I wanted to counter him somewhere. Um, Craig Johnson, looks like a bunch of Drake Riggs chat boys are here. Sending positive vibes your way, Dan. A little positive goes a long way. As Mr. Alvin Yakatori likes to say, yeah, I'm very grateful for it, man. I got to get my guy Drake's on this show. Um, last question, last two questions before I push on for the rest of this breakdown. A Crumbopolis Rose and UFC 280 and 281 are two of the best cards, and I am looking forward to. Hard to get excited for anything else. Why does UFC call it in like this? Are they cutting costs? Yeah, I don't even know, man. I think they're just trying to get through their day. Maybe they're as burnt out as, as some of us are, and they're just, just putting things together. That would explain these card structures on why they're, frankly, it, I don't want to say garbage, just indefensible sometimes. Um, Carlos Guillermo. Jordan is Canada's most violent man. I hope he is. I hope he is. We're going to get to that here um, in a second here. Actually, on that note, let's go. Charles Jordan, minus 150. Nathaniel Wood, plus 130. I'm going to cut through the rest of this pretty fast. This was the last fight I actually got to study here, folks. So, And uh, there may be a play attached. Um, I, I Actually, already are, uh, the play that you guys already should expect me on is uh, Jordan round three. Um, I got it at a plus 1,100 here and a plus 1,200 there. Um, if you can get it around plus 1,000 or up, I think that's fine. I only put... Take a shot. 17 ducats, 0.17. 
you uh, on it for uh, you know anywhere between a 153 to nearly two unit return, depending on what number you get on that round three, right? Um, so I did that because Jordan's a round three guy, and Nathaniel Wood, a lot of the times he's been finished, is in round three, even going back earlier on in his career. Um, he is going up in weight, so if there was anything from the weight cut that was contributing to that, perhaps that is alleviated now, but he is going to have to carry extra weight against a bigger guy who pushes a pace, a hellacious pace, um, and also works the body. And In fact, you want to talk about body work stats, someone's asking me. I know Shane Burgos had, and you could obviously argue Jordan won that fight, depending on how you scored it. And I know Burgos fought uncharacteristically the last fight on his contract and went wrestle heavy, grapple heavy. Um, we all know Burgos is a body-working uh, madman, and um, Charles Jordan just dwarfed his body-work numbers in that fight. And that should be a no surprise because Charles Jordan consistently works the body. He's a switch dance fighter. He also likes to work southpaw. And again, Southpaw's not been too kind to Nathaniel Wood, whether we're talking about the repeated body kicks that Kenny, Casey Kenny landed not too long ago, the third round TKO John Dodson was able to score, or so on and so forth. Um, Southpaw's, uh, you know, they're also harder to come by for training. Uh, I didn't see Nathaniel Wood make it stateside. Uh, I know he used to go with Brad Pickett's American Top Team to kind of split camp sometimes. I don't think he necessarily did that here. Not that that's a make or break. I'm just 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 throwing that out there. Um, and Nathaniel Wood looks good. Like I don't want someone to look overly muscled up and cut, cut carrying garbage away. But at the same time, I I don't know how necessary this cut was. Was he really killing himself? Because he wasn't. Was he really that big of a bantamweight in the first place? Because um, he's not a big featherweight at all. Um, and. Uh, if he goes for takedowns, will that tire him out having to wrestle, wrestle more, and wrestle a bigger fighter? And even in grappling situations with even a guy like Charles Rosa. I love Charles Rosa, but let's be honest, that, that was a gimme fight for Wood. And even then, he had some scary moments with front headlocks and guillotines. And what did Charles Jordan like to remind us? Not just that he's got guillotines and front headlocks, but he's got them for a reason because he is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Um, I believe outranking uh, Wood there on the floor. So this guy can finish uh, multiple ways. Um, Wood, not too much of an opportunistic back taker or front choke guy himself, which would come in handy because Jordan, like when he got uh, stopped by um, Juicy J, Julian Arosa, who very underrated, uh, talk about all the time. Um, it's because he was turtling up, and we saw Jordan turtle again. Got away with it from Venata. Again, Venata, not a opportunistic back taker, but Jordan will still give those looks. I don't know, though, if I can count on Nathaniel Wood even being a, ban a former Bantamweight. It's just not his style, right, um, to be like the opportunistic backtake guy. So I think grappling gets him in trouble. So it's either, you know, I think Jordan can maybe force a stoppage, TKO, maybe get a club and sub. I played round three, and I actually laid the chalk, seeing that Jordan opened at 2-1. to one, And instead of inflating like all these other lines that are inflating that either probably shouldn't inflate or outright have no right to be inflating this line actually went the opposite way so uh you're getting either a 50 or 60 as i got it for minus 140 uh charles jordan discount on the line i was i was kind of iffy on on doing it but uh shout out to my man fanio and whoever mentioned if it was phantom mentioning the uh front teeps and work off of front teeps slash fake front teeps and how just that's just a beautiful thing to work off of something i've been really focusing and looking at myself um Nathaniel Wood definitely does it pretty, but when I went back to watch the uh, Jordan's fight with Venata, 
Uh, Venata, who's obviously got some underrated kicks, right? If you're not careful, they can come out of nowhere. He tags Jordan to the body with a front kick. And immediately you see his corner call here, uh, Jordan's corner call out. He's looking for front kicks. And the next front kick uh, he throws, Jordan monkey paw parries to send him off direction and counters 2-3 to the body um, and counters him. So already, so his corner, after the first one lands, it's in his head, it's in his corner's head, and by the next, the, the very next front kick, he's already countering them. What happens after that? Venata is afraid to throw the front kick, so now Venata's going to throw a fake front kick to see what he gets out of it. Venata goes to throw a fake front kick, and Jordan just tags him, and that's when he, he gets the club and sub on Venata. It was actually off of Venata's front kicks. So the man knows how to deal with some front kicks on the fly, it seems. So um, that, between him doing his homework, um, I got to imagine he's going he's, he's, he's to be ready for what's coming. He sees the round three. And even if I'm left like Andre Uhl burn betting that Jordan round three and I'm, I don't give a shit about the Leonidas impression. Everybody's been doing that since 2006. I'm over it. I've been over it. Just get the finish already. Even if he does that to us again, as long as he gets the win, we'll be okay. Um, so ultimately I laid just over a half a unit, including the .17 U sprinkle on round three at plus 1100 and 1200 in another house. Um, but yes, minus 140, Charles Jordan. Um, I put 1.4 unit to make just a unit return. So again, if I hit this without the round three, it doesn't necessarily cover if Robert Whitaker biffs, but it covers a majority of it. If this hits and it hits by Jordan doing it in round three, I think I roughly break even. Uh, pretty much I have got the card covered, so I don't have to stress any of my plays. Um, I think is the way it works out. Uh, if Jordan misses and, and Bobby Nux hits, that one unit won't make up for, you know, we'll still have, what, minus .57 unit to make up for, but we still have Ty and then maybe whatever else I add to get us over the finish line into the proverbial black, right? Or if both chalk misses and I'm just drawing blank, uh, I've got that uh, silver bullet with Ty Tuivasa. Not even a full unit, just three-quarter unit. And if that hits, I cover all the bets and profit even if I missed everything. So that's, it sounds like it, it's sensible, but I'm betting on MMA, so it's not really that sensible. But that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at, okay? I'm gonna, gonna, gonna blow through the rest really fast, and then I'll answer your guys' uh, questions. I was thinking about parlaying Robert Whitaker for near even money with uh, Abus, uh, uh, Abus, uh, Abusupian uh, Magomedov, minus 265, but his line keeps going up, and we haven't seen him for two years, and I have time to study this. So I'm going to pick him to win, but is it really worth laying that chalk for near even money and coming up short on the even side of money? Not really for me. I'm uh, Again, again, folks, I'm keeping it small just because I came off that big week. Uh, I lost my last week, but again, I, I bet small and I lost small, so it was cool. It was no big deal. Um, and uh, I want to. I'm going to bet pretty small on this fight too. So, uh, or you know, on, on this car too. I'm not going to go crazy in volume bet just because you know I had the hot hand. I'm really just going to. Man, you can't get too high off these things, man. You can't get too high. You just got to push on to the next. Act like we've been here before, right? And just not get too crazy. At least that's my prerogative here. Uh, Fair ZM, plus 170. Michal Figlak, minus 200. I saw some really good clips of him working the body and made me want to uh, win me over for this Figlak guy. But um, I think I picked ZM on the show, so I'm 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 going to stick to it. Um but I'm not confident in it, um, even though that's a nice number to play. 
uh, but realistically what how many dogs do I have here excuse me um, so far he's what the second dog outside of Tai Tuivasa uh, Joaquin Buckley Joaquin Buckley is always a live dog always getting disrespected plus 215 Nasruddin Imovov uh, minus 255 I'm going to take Imovov hopefully to stay long and use his length um, hopefully we see some potential improvements from him he's in that stage as well uh, but Buckley's been improving too, uh, but I just, you know, I don't trust the gas tank, and he can be clipped as well. So uh, I'll go um, Imavov either by decision or by a stoppage, but that's nothing crazy. I don't want to pay that chalk, though. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I just, again, a lot of these prelim fights I don't feel too bad about not covering because it feels like a bunch of trap. It feels like, are these guys justified the price and you're sketchy even if the end, they end up being the right side of the favorite, right? You're paying a lot for it, and it's sketchy. Uh, that's how I feel about, you know, Benoit St. Denis, minus 285. Gabriel Miranda, who is a first-round submission or bus guy, plus 240. Um, I mean, yeah, St. Denis should roll there, right? Uh, maybe you do St. Denis, Magomedov, and Whitaker, and then that's plus money. But, again, I didn't research that fight, so I can't tell you where to put your money. Uh, Khalid Taha minus 120 and Christian Quinones plus 100. Real competitive line here. Um, I believe I picked uh, Taha on the show. I'm going to stick with that. Wasn't too impressed with Quinones as far as his contender series and the write-up that I gave him. So I'll keep that same energy. And uh, I'll stick with Taha here, but I am not looking to get, really get invested in that fight either, to be honest. Um, Aylin Perez. I said I was going to look into this dog. I never did. Um, Stephanie Edgar. I'll probably end up picking Edgar, but again, um, if I may, I'm going to give myself some room to sway on some of these picks that I obviously didn't do research on. I will post all my picks, of course, on fight day. I'll try to post them much earlier since this is an early start time. I'm going to be missing the prelims too. I'm going to be training. I'm going to have strength and conditioning, grappling, and hopefully some sparring to finish my day with me getting my ass kicked again. And, um, and yeah, so that's where I'm at on those fights. Let's see what the chat says. All right, the MMA Jesus. If Vittori can pin Rod up against the fence, I'm curious to see if he has significant strength advantage because Vittori is a big dude with a lot of muscle. Not that Rob is weak. Yeah, maybe that that that's a pathway for him. But again, Rob's separations and stuff, and uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do that. We'll see though, huh? Ghost Phantom 98. Don't worry, Dan. I am not good at kicking the rear leg either in open stance. Yeah, it's definitely a skill. It's definitely a skill. Uh, Rain Lamina, this is funny. Ghost telling us techniques he's not good at either. Yeah, you know, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, oh my God, you you guys, I mean, if you really want something to laugh at, I'll, I'll film one of my sparring sessions for you guys and uh, give you guys some good old laughs there. Mary Rui, what's up, Mary? Hello, good morning, Dan. I was on Whaley's live chat two weeks ago, and she mentioned to look out for her friend and training partner, Loma me. Do you know of Loma? Oh, I love Loma Lukbumi. Ah, oh, Loma. She's one of my favorite female fighters, man. Um, dude, just a, a little Thai boxing machine. I just I wish they had her weight class so she didn't have to beef up to straw weight because um, she's obviously an atom weight. Probably not even like the biggest atom weight if she's like really at her weight because she really bulks up a lot um, for this. Um, and uh, yeah, I believe she's still working with the Higman brothers or is she over at Bang Tao um, as well. Uh, either way, I love me some love of a look to me. Great, great shout. Uh, Mark Fellows, bet your spare change on a Tuvasa Whitaker parlay. That's the bottom line. Good day. Wow, that's a dangerous parlay. See, that's I'm just going for like heavy chalk and a heavy dog. They just both happen to be, be Aussies. And uh, maybe, you know, uh, I'm sure that doesn't help. That doesn't hurt uh, Mark Fellows' uh, fandom of this show. 
And uh, again, my fandom ferocity. Aussies have been doing me good. I'm not. It's nothing. It's nothing. I'm trying to gain clout or whatever. They've been. They've been helping me out over here, man. So uh, I appreciate uh, all my brothers and sisters from down under. James Kendrick, Mark Fellows, very good parlay. Look at that. Look at that guy. Well, admittedly, he, he admits his bias. My man, Mark. My man. Rain Lemonade. Uh, Rain Lamina. Another low kick recommendation. Ghost told us about from open stance is the outside low kick with the lead leg. It's hard for me to get the power on it. Is it hard for you as well? Yeah, I think I mentioned Cannoneer Whitaker. He did a pretty good job of that. Um, the way I've been doing it is because I, I have to, uh, especially when, if things are going wrong or I'm fighting to my habits and I'm getting backed up, um, usually someone's pressure, you know, they're pressuring into me and I have to circle their orthodox, so I have to circle to my right, to their left. Um, and uh, I'll get cut off against somebody good, right? Even if I'm circling diligently or trying to throw a jab. So a lot of times, it's I really got to get um, get out of the dodge. And sometimes there's a I really got to take a deep step. And if I feel that inclination, instead of uh, I'm getting to a leg kick here, um, I'll actually from a southpaw stance, I'll step with my right foot, my lead foot, um, again out to my right, the direction I'm trying to get away to. But I'll kind of like half moon it back uh, as I roll under any potential corralling hooks with my hand up so I don't roll into a head kick right off to the lead side um, and I'm stepping and shifting into the direction to get away still but I'm stepping into an orthodox stance which keeps my right hand loaded and my, which you can't see off camera my right leg loaded and if they're chasing me that direction chances are they're lead left leg is coming out and very vulnerable and very weighted so I'll use my step away to load a uh, a leg kick to try to get some respect um, it's something I've been trying to do uh, I feel like that's a little more functional you need more of a much more of an open stance stick and move type of match going on um, I like those but I haven't really been getting those it's either me pressuring or getting pressured it feels like these days so um, which is good because it's either me doing what I want to do or getting practice in worst case scenarios, right? So, uh, James Kendrick, I'm also biased, but because Ty <laughs> and Wei Li lifted weights together and Whitaker is just great. I love that. I can't disagree with any of that. Ghost says, don't worry about losing in the gym, Dan. We all lose. We can learn. Yes, yes, that is very true. Thank you for that. Mary Rui, yes, Loma is at Bangtao. Okay, Wele said she's helping Loma with her wrestling. Ooh, very interesting. Good tidbit. I like that. That's good. That's a good move. Between uh, Zhang Wei a training partner, and then hopefully she's still working with the Hickman Bros. Um, yeah, that's awesome. James Kendrick, uh, do you do a lot of Sanchai techniques, Dan? No, I'm, I'm not familiar with a lot of his techniques. Uh, my guy Ryan Wagner MMA gave me some Muay Thai guys, Southpaw guys to research on. That I got to do this weekend ASAP, especially after the sparring I got with a, a Muay Thai gentleman um, this week, and I'm going to be sparring with from here on out. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to need that. All right, thank you guys for the comments and stuff. I'm going to get out of here. It's uh, been an hour and a half long enough, more than long enough. Um, all right, recapping. I am taking Tuivasa over Gone. Gone where? Uh, again, Gone's the deserved favorite. Not trying to tell you guys what to do, just telling you where I'm at. Go back and listen to the breakdown to see why I'm crazy. Uh, taking Whitaker over Vittori, taking DeChirico over Kapilov, taking Hack, Hack Paras over Hanging Around, Hanging, Hanging over McDessie, taking, I don't know, I'll probably take Gomi, the favorite, over Aaron's, check my MMA Junkie article to see, taking Jordan over Wood, taking Magomedov over Stoltzfus, 
Um, yeah, I'll probably end up taking ZM over Figlak, but no plays, nothing crazy. Check my picks to make sure that's where I end up. Um, same with Imovov over Buckley, probably taking Imovov, but, you know, check my plays. Most likely taking Santini over Miranda. Check my plays. Most likely taking Kataha over Quinones. Don't want any piece of that either, but check my plays. I add Danton MMA when I post him on fight day. And uh, no pick yet, but I'll probably end up with the favorite, but I'll see if there's any value on the dog for Edgar, uh, the favorite, over Perez. Again, at Dan Tom MMA, where I post my picks and plays on fight day. Uh, but the plays that are locked in, the only thing I'm leaving room for is a round robin, which uh, I'll let you guys in on. You know, uh, I'll post that the day of. It'll probably have stuff like Whitaker decision, Tuivasa knockout in there. I'll have some other maybe higher anchor chalk and with mixed in with some uh, plus money. I like to kind of balance it out that way. Um, still pays, not as sexy as like a shout out to my guy Brad Tashchuk. Like you want to remodel your backyard whenever one of his hits, because uh, he's a madman over there and, 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 he, and he hits some some nice stuff too. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll post you what I got from my round robins. But yeah, I'm playing uh, Tuivasa just three quarter units on the money line, plus four ten. Uh, Robert Whitaker by decision, minus 135 to minus 120, depending where you can get it. Um, I put 1.35 units uh, to get a unit return. Um, Charles Jordan, kick for coverage, played the money line, 1.4 units for minus 140 for a unit return, and put my, my, my standard 0.1717 you sprinkle on round three, plus 1,100 uh, in one house, plus 1,200 in the other. Um, yeah, again, uh, outside of a round robin, um, not sure what else I'll add if I add anything again. At Dan Tom MMA. Let's clean up the chat before we get out of here. Awesome show. Great show. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Love the show from Jimmy Kudo. Keep up the great work, man. Thank you. Cheers, DT. Cash those bets. We'll try, Mark. We'll try, my man. Alvin Yakatori. Lots of great ideas and breakdowns, Mr. Tom. Lovely show, and I hope you enjoy the weekly fights. Go, Dad. Thank you guys so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, again, uh, mixedmartialanalyst.com for the Amazon audit click-throughs, uh, secure PayPal donation link, as well as at DanTomMMA, at the PYM Podcast, on all social platforms. Don't forget to like and subscribe this video on my YouTube, Daniel Tom MMA. Five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are also welcome. Good luck with your picks and plays, and always protect your neck.